At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Shoe the Dough is a podcast by Aaron and Danae. They both live in Springfield, Missouri, where uh, the weather changes really fast all the time. Sometimes it's raining and sometimes it's hailing and sometimes it's um, bright and sunshine outside, but um, most of the time... It's really perfect. I am ready. Jeremy, do you have an iPhone? No, I have an Android. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. Why? Well, I'm just watching Danae play the Smurf game on her Stop iPhone. It. <laughs> it's not available on Android? I hope not. <laughs> I found it. I finally found it. What did you find, Handy? I found my plans for the old dam. Apparently, Clumsy was using them as a coaster. Golly, sorry about that, Handy. It sure was a Smurfy picture to look at when I was drinking my Smurfberry juice. <laughs> There's a Smurf called Handy? Yeah, there sure is. He builds stuff. Oh, right, yeah. right. Yes, oh, he, not Handsy. No, no, no. Sorry. That's, <laughs> that's a whole different that's, Smurf. It's very different. Yes, it is. All right, so you guys ready to shoe a dough? I'm ready to shoe a dough. All right. We are joined once again by uh, our friend Jeremy Scott. Uh, who we love to have join us to talk about movies. He's a fellow movie lover, and it is Pixar time. Uh, if you know anything about me, have checked any of my uh, videos or profile pictures, you know that I'm a Pixar nut. So uh, it's like a national holiday at my house, Pixar Day. We get the whole family, and we go to the movie, and we have a good old time. That movie this time was Brave, and so we're going to talk a little bit about Pixar's latest Brave and uh, what we thought of it and... Uh, whether or not it lives up to the amazing standards that uh, Pixar has st- set over time. And Jeremy, you're the special guest, so you get to start us off. What would you think of Brave? This is the movie that, that's going to kill my Pixar traditions. I guess Cars 2 didn't help, but <laughs> I used to see every single one opening day, and I, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. I was really disappointed, ultimately. If you want a longer version, I can give it to you. But Well, we'll, get, in, we'll get into some more of the, the deep stuff. I think it's, I think it's good to just kind of start off with our general feelings. So you were disappointed. Danae, how about you? I liked it. it actually, I liked it quite a bit, just because for me, Pixar is just not going to hit a lot of deep levels for me. But this one was a mother-daughter relationship. So obviously, being a, a daughter, I could kind of relate to some of the anger and anguish the main characters had. So I, I overall really enjoyed it. For me, I was a little disappointed, not as disappointed as Jeremy. Uh, in fact, I still think it's a great movie, but I have such high expectations for Pixar that I bring those into the film, and I did leave a little disappointed uh, just on that level. Now, this will be interesting then. Yeah. No, I wasn't expecting... I wasn't Jeremy, I wasn't expecting to hear that you were that disappointed, and Danae, I did want to hear Danae's thoughts, and I guess maybe we'll start there, because it, the theme is very much mother-daughter, it's a feminine right. hero, heroine for the first time Pixar's ever done that, and so I guess it would be only fitting that, Danae, you start us off talking about that. How did that affect the movie? How did that affect your enjoyment of it? I think one of the things going against the movie from the very beginning is just how much the media had already, you know, really braved it up for me. So going in, I kind of was like, I kind of had already created this movie in my head of what it was going to be like. So I 
cleared all of that out and just watched it. So I really didn't expect that kind of relationship. I didn't know what to expect, uh, but I certainly didn't expect to have a mother-daughter uh, relationship movie. It is going to be difficult to talk about this movie ultimately without kind of going into spoiler territory. I was going to say that, that I'm going to have a really hard time not doing spoilers on this one. So, so. do we worry? What do you think, Jeremy? Do we worry about that? What do we do? I, I mean, the spoilers I want to talk about are in the first half of the movie. And, and I think the big twist that I've been reading everybody talking about, whether they liked it or not, is, you know, halfway or a little before that. So I don't feel like it's a true spoiler in that you don't really ruin the movie. But yeah. I can dance around it if you want. My inclination is to just be straightforward, and it's a big part of the reason I was disappointed. I'm glad I'm glad you brought up the whole movie spoiler thing because I think that um, you know it, it being Pixar, you know, it's not like a, a an adult movie or something where we're like, yeah, someone's really gonna enjoy this movie. This is a kids movie in general, so I say let's just blow it out of the water and talk about it. Oh, that that kind of hurts me though when you talk about Pixar just being like kids movie. Like that's I've always loved them because. They make adult movies that kids can enjoy. That's how what I've always felt about Pixar until Cars Two. I felt that way. So I'm sorry I insulted you. No, I'm sorry I stabbed you in the heart. <laughs> Your Pixar heart. No, uh, the spoilers is this: uh, the mother of our lead character turns into a bear. That's kind of the central plot point, and much of the movie revolves around what happens after that. And it's a big part of the metaphor, too, in my mind, of mother-daughter relationships and how daughters see their mothers as they're growing up. And I really, that was actually one of the things I really loved about the movie was that metaphorical idea of your mom's a bear. And you can't stand her and you can't put up with her. And until you find, you know, that common ground or that ability of, you know, to forgive and to, you know, move on, uh, that's how you're going to view her. I really did enjoy that part. I did, too. In fact, I mean, if if I'm going to praise the movie for its good parts, it was pretty tied up in that mother-daughter relationship, specifically the sort of um, wordless storytelling with relationships that Pixar is just phenomenal at like the first few minutes of up and there are two moments in this movie there's a beginning montage that shows sort of how bossy the mother is and all the things that she commands and then there's a montage after the whole transformation into a bear where they're sort of teaching her how to fish and i thought both of those were really powerful really uh earnest uh moments that i really enjoyed so i I thought all that stuff was really good the fishing moment was one of my favorite moments in the movie I, i loved the the way that was done and the emotion of of that you know, those moments. And it was, it was one of those moments where that character uh, of the mother as the bear felt the most real to me for some other, for some reason, many other times in the movie, I got taken out of that, you know, just for Mm. for moments. It just, it felt like, I don't know. It it felt like old school kind of Disney animals talking. It just didn't feel real to me in some of those moments. Well, that's my, that's my primary complaint is that this is, this feels like the most Disney, Disney fied movie that, Pixar has ever made and you know I could start with the fact that we've already had a Disney movie in my lifetime where people turn into bears and learn lessons so (laughs) that alone sort of annoyed me as a plot device but the whole thing felt very Disney to me that opening montage where she goes out to shoot her arrows and ride on her horse felt like something out of Pocahontas or Mulan with the way that the song played over the background and and sort of the way that quote-unquote camera shots worked it just it just felt very old school classic Disney, which I guess is right up some people's alley. But for me, I've always seen Pixar as as sort of above that level. 
So for both of you, did it feel like it just wasn't unique enough? Like Pixar usually hits this particular bar and it just didn't get get there because it took on a more uh, blase storytelling. I'm trying to figure well, out like why it fell so short. I guess I don't really. I don't know. Well, again, I will. I will restate. I think Jeremy uh, has a, a much is much more disappointed by than this this than I was. I think it's a great movie. Like I really enjoyed it. Uh, in a lot of ways, there were some things that I was disappointed by, and I think we're kind of focusing on those because, you know, we're kind of going there first. But there were many things I loved about this movie. The, it's the, gorgeous. It looks amazing. Yeah, that's it's, one it's, thing right off the bat. It may be the most beautiful animated movie ever made. For sure. And maybe that's for kind sure. of what their focus was, instead of like a, you know, a deep story or something unique. And but that's not Pixar. Their focus is story, story, story. At least it always has been. See, and that's where I see that's where it loses me. And don't let me drag your podcast down into you know thirty minutes of negativity because I'm happy to talk about the positives. But I felt like they didn't they weren't slaves to the story on this one. I feel like a lot of the 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 mother daughter relationship feels very Pixar to me. Feels very right, and I feel like they filled in the rest of the movie by pulling things out of the Disney file cabinets they could find. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, I guess I expected Pixar's first female main character to be a little more unconventional uh, than she's a princess who doesn't really want to be a princess or doesn't want to marry the guy her parents are forcing her to marry. I've seen that a million times. And the point of conflict between mother and daughter, I wish, would have been something else because around their relationship, which felt very realistic, there were a lot of things I was rolling my eyes at uh, with that regard. I, there, the other part of this is this is the first like Pixar movie made by non-Pixar people too. Mm, yeah, none of the big names were involved in this. You don't have you know Andrew Stanton or Brad Bird or Lasseter or you know none of those guys or Pete Doctor. You know none of those right. guys were involved in this directing or writing or anything. And so it's a first-time Pixar director, first-time Pixar writers, and the writers that wrote this movie are from the Disney you know kind of writers guild. You know, so maybe that maybe that has a lot to do with it. I feel like I feel like it was more predictable than I've come to expect, uh, but you're right. At the end of the day, it's it's I still think better than you know any other studio's animated product. And of course, that's the reviews that you're reading on it. You know, it's a, it's a B plus, A minus, not as good as Pixar's usual movies, but better than you know DreamWorks. And I guess the problem for me is that I I don't think that's good enough anymore. I can go to DreamWorks to get that kind of film and. And I don't know, I, when well, I, I remember seeing Up and Wally and just not knowing what to expect. And everything in this movie felt telegraphed to me, at least plot-wise. There was never a, a, a moment in the movie that surprised me. I think, uh, you know, the DreamWorks comparison will only hold up for so long because they made How to Train Your Dragon, which I think right. is a better movie set in the same realm, you know, right. Scotland, medieval Scotland, than this movie is. A much better movie than this is. I agree. I agree. And that was made by DreamWorks, you know, who's yeah. kind of figuring some of that storytelling stuff out. So... You know, you're absolutely right, though. It does it does follow your normal story plot line. And I think, like, having been in it and not knowing what to expect and now, like, coming out of it, I can actually see what you're saying, that I wasn't really surprised by anything um, except for... The surprise of it, oh, this is about a mother-daughter relationship. Because, you know, sometimes the princess movies are about the relationship with a guy or something like that. And so um, I actually kind of liked that they turned it into a family-type scenario where your family accepts you. And I think that that's really going to be a good theme for a lot of young people to connect with is trying to turn back in and connect with your family. 
which is one of the things I really appreciate about the movie is that if you're a young person, you leave there wanting something with your mom or wanting something with your parent or a parent type person. And um, I think that's a really valuable thing to be thinking about, uh, as, you know, in this day and age, whenever it's just not that common of a theme. The uh, the other uh, the other thing about the plot is that there is there's not much, uh, and this again has to do with seeing where everything is going. But there's there's just not much dramatic tension to it. You, like you, there's no like I never once really thought she was going to turn into Angry Bear and eat her daughter. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I never you know really I mean? thought that the husband was going to kill you know the bear mom. Right. You know. Right. So, well, there was never any doubt that she was going to turn back. That they were going to heal their relationship. The you know what the mystical person in the movie told the daughter that she misunderstood until the climax I, I i saw coming a mile away you know i just feel like i wasn't aware exactly how removed from the pixar family a lot of the makers of this film were but maybe maybe that's part of the part of the disconnect i had with it my son one of my sons i should say looked at me um right towards the beginning when the, when she gives that instruction about you you must mend the you know whatever yeah. to whatever he looks at me he goes uh, Dad, why doesn't she understand? She means mend the relationship. <laughs> right. right, exactly. It's exactly. Like, that's my that's my nine year old. You know, it's like yeah. you know. So yeah, so it's all it's all right there. And it, at the end of the day, that doesn't make it awful. At least in my opinion, it just it just again doesn't live quite up to like. There's no way this is even comparable to Toy Story three or to Up or to Ratatouille or right. you know to just these classic Pixar or Incredibles you know or Finding Nemo. Right. Uh, it just it doesn't stand on that top tier. I think it's better than the Cars movies. I, I would agree. I would agree with that. And it's probably somewhere if I'm if I'm trying to rank them off the top of my head. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it, that. Put it kind of in the Pixar canon. It's in for the you. bottom three or four for me. I, I would put Cars, Cars two, and probably Bugs Life down there for me. You know, it's nowhere near the Incredibles, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, Wally Up. You know, the ones that I. I thought were so outside the box and yeah, I read a review that said, you know, this movie's good. It was a, it was a positive review, but it said, this is sort of what it feels like when your straight A student comes home with a B. And that's right. That's exactly it. I think that's a good point. And it, it's just hard for me to talk about how disappointed I am without sounding like I'm bashing it. It's good. Um, it's just not the greatness I've come to expect. And you know, that, that I guess stayed with me more than the things I enjoyed. I also think they like comedically, I, I was a little bit offended a couple of times, not morally, but the easy jokes they went for that are DreamWorks Shrek jokes for me, like burping and the key moment with a woman's bosom playing a role in, in the action. And I just felt like those were moments where Pixar usually found a better way to tell that story. And here they, they we, just defaulted to, there were two burp jokes in that movie. And I was like, what, seriously? We also have, we also have our first Pixar nudity. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In two cases of it. Uh-huh. Largely harmless, but I, it's funny It's funny that that doesn't stand out to me the way the other things did, but... Well, but it is the same kind of thing, and the guy, you know, lifting is. up his kilt, you know, to, you know, taunt the other people. It is very... Yeah. It is much more juvenile than uh, I'm used to Pixar defaulting to, and I, I think that, I, here, you know, this is what I do. I rationalize any p decision I don't like about Pixar, and I find a way to make it this genius thing. Um, <laughs> But I do, I do wonder if maybe that was intentional, based on how they felt the culture of medieval Scotland was—that it was more, you know, a barbaric culture, and so, you know. But at the end of the day, you're playing it for yucks, so it's, you know. I mean, I'm just thinking about my nephew and how he's probably going to leave that movie. And remember when that 
that kid fell into that lady's dress. That was hilarious. I just, it's not a moment as, as a potential future father that I really relish talking about with my kid. And it, it's such a cheap laugh, comedically speaking. Yeah. No, yeah, I, that I one agree. I didn't laugh at. I did laugh at several other parts, but I don't remember any of them. I can tell you the, the biggest humor for me comes from the three little boys. Yeah. You the, mean Huey, Dewey, and Louie? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Again, see, there you go. It's a little, they were great. They were hilarious, but they weren't exactly original, were they? No, not exactly, but they were a lot of fun. And they were fun. They were a bright spot for and, sure. And that, that was where a lot of the humor came from. And I, and I think, um, oh, was it Billy Connolly who played the dad? Uh, wow. Who did the voice? Maybe. That makes sense, but I don't, I don't know who played the dad. I think he did the voice of the dad, and I thought his performance was really, really good. And I did yeah. enjoy uh, some of the clan stuff. You know, some of the surrounding stuff I thought was really funny, and those characters were, could have, uh, were interesting, but could have been more compelling like they were interesting but i never felt like they mattered all that much in the end no because really yeah. ultimately they didn't the the younger generation didn't shine until the decision had been made that they were going to be breaking tradition and then they speak up for the first time and suddenly have a voice i did like the kid that mumbles so much you never knew what he was saying I thought <laughs> yeah that was a good running yeah and that was clever you know that's not necessarily something you've you've seen a million Planning times at but. that scottish accent that is traditionally hard to understand i thought yeah. that was funny so let's uh, let's talk about best thing, worst thing, and uh, we will start with worst thing, so we can finish with with best thing. And Jeremy, since you hate the movie so much, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> why did you start us off with your worst thing? My my worst thing is that this felt more like an animated Disney film from the past twenty years than a progressive story centered Pixar film. The worst thing for me is it didn't feel like a Pixar movie. I think that's fair, Danae? One of the things that I didn't like was the the final scene at the end after all of the um, credits. I was disappointed with it. I was like, man. There was I, a post-credit scene? Yeah, there was a post-credit scene. I did not stay for I this. didn't either. <laughs> oh, there was? Yes, there was a post-credit scene. And, and I really, I wanted. What a role reversal. Last time I it know. was you in the Avengers that didn't stay. <laughs> I was like, I, I told I told my parents, because I went with my, my husband and my parents. And I told them, I was like, I'm not letting this happen ever again. We're staying for the whole <laughs> thing. And there was, there was a little teaser there. And. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, that's that's kind of cute. But I actually, I wanted more from that. So I, I guess that's still telling for the rest well, of the movie. What was it? Yeah, uh, you got to tell us. It was uh, the the gentleman that had his mustache half cut off. Okay, yeah. Um, he was at the door, and it was the crow and the broom bringing all of the wooden things that Merida had purchased. Oh, okay. So it was the, it was uh. the delivery of all of the wooden stuff. And so it was just like, you know, this little cart and then like this massive amount of wooden dolls and whatever what about you what about you aaron my uh my worst thing was that the overall story felt pedestrian like it just felt like going from point a to point b and that i think took me out more than anything else i didn't feel like those big pixar moments like those big action beats that like just that feel so exuberant and you know exhilarating that you just get lost in the you know, just in the moment. I just didn't have many of those. I thought maybe the archery thing, you know, was going to pay off in some, you know, really cool big way. And that just never happened. I don't know. That was my worst thing. Was it didn't it just, carry beyond that. Yeah. Moment. It just felt very, very much like a stroll through a normal story instead of what I'm used to Pixar, which is, wow, where are they taking me next? You know, exactly. So that that was worst thing for me. Uh, I'll kick off for best things. My best thing it was the beauty. It was just from the beginning to end, just drop dead gorgeous to see on the big screen. I will ask, did you guys see it in uh, 3D or in 2D? 
2D. Um, I saw it in 2D. Okay, so I'm the only one who saw it in 3D. So I will, uh, I don't have any confirmation on this from you guys, but I think the 3D, this is actually one of the few movies I would say you may want to see it in 2D because it's so dark. And if theaters don't get the lighting, like if they don't turn up the lamps on the 3D, because the glasses dim it even more, sometimes it's hard to make out what's going on in some of the darker scenes. So hmm. this one may be best viewed in 2D. I mean, it's gorgeous, I'm sure, either way. And I was blown away by that. That is definitely my favorite. That is what I remember most about this movie is how beautiful it was. It was so good. What about you, Danae? For me, the best thing, I'm a daughter. I have a mother. And we had a really like fight it out relationship too. I have to I have to admit I thought of you during this movie because I know some of your past with your mom and I thought I wonder how deeply she's identifying with this. Yeah, we and we were in the theater together. And so after the movie was over, we both kind of leaned forward and exchanged this look like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) We've been through this before. You know, we had to do stuff when we were growing up like create a password. That if either one of us said the secret word, this this phrase, we promised that we would turn around and walk away from each other and just cool off. And that was our promise to each like other. Like a safe word. It was a safe word. Yeah. And, and once you said it, boom, it was over, break, come back later and talk it out. Because we both just hit it hard. We That's just how our relationship was when we were younger. Um, and then we've worked through quite a few of that. And now we have a really, really great relationship where we, we talk about things very openly and and uh, very respectfully. So we have a really, really great relationship now. But watching you know, watching Merida, I could really identify with her. And because I'm older now, I can identify with the mother character as well. Specifically the part whenever Merida's making her speech. You know, when she's she's walked into this room with a mm. clan, is all fighting, and she's going to help her mom sneak upstairs so that they can save the day or whatever. And so she's so she's making a speech and the mom stops because she wants to hear Merida talk. And she's communicating through, you know, these hand gestures, paw gestures, I guess, you know, about no, don't don't say you're going to get married. I, I want you to choose this for yourself. And so I really liked when Merida realized that her mom was help letting her make the decision for herself. So even though it's still a superficial storyline, I, I really identified with kind of that moment, you know, when the mom says, OK, I know that you're doing something that you want to do and you feel is needed and I'm going to let you do it. I did love that moment. I actually did tear up during that moment. I'm glad this. I'm glad I'm back to crying at Pixar movies at least. I didn't cry anywhere during Cars too. So <laughs> not even for the wrong reasons. <laughs> not even at the pure commercialization of it. Oh, good night. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? Uh, I would say the best thing is that I'm leaving encouraged that Pixar still does relationships better than anyone, uh, especially those little dialogue-free montage moments. And I'm not even joking when I say I would watch an entire two-hour movie about a relationship between two people that didn't have any words if Pixar made it. Those moments are the realest thing in the film, and I really enjoyed them. I think they kind of did make that movie. Isn't that Wally? That is Wally. Yeah, until they get to the ship. I love Wally, don't get me wrong. Until they get to the ship and then all the humans start talking and whatnot. <laughs> that was pretty daring. Anyway, they, they do relationships really well, this movie especially, so... I want to finish with this because part of the Pixar experience, there are two things that happen every Pixar movie that they come out, and I want to get your opinions on these things, and we'll finish with this. The first is a teaser trailer for the next Pixar movie, which is uh, Monsters University, a Monsters, Inc. sequel. Did you both see the teaser? Yes. Yes. Okay, I want to get opinions on this. Danae, we'll start with you. Meh. Jeremy? Yeah, I would agree. They're not going to... They're not going to win me back by pumping out sequels, even if they're awesome. I am so scared that this movie is going to be awful. I love Monsters, Inc. so much. 
And I, I just, oh. I was looking at the, I was watching it, and the first thing I thought of was just how plastic all of the monsters looked. Yeah. You know, like in the hallway, whenever they're all kind of like college partying it up. And I'm like, who who is your audience? You know, are you, are you wanting to talk to the now college Pixar X fans or something? Like, yes. who, who, are, who is this for? Is this for I kids? I think they made it for people like us and younger who loved Monsters, Inc. the first time and have kids now. Monsters, Inc. is such a beautiful movie about, about who Pixar is. It's a movie about how laughter is more powerful than scream. You know, it's a right. movie yep. about how you change people and you make them, you know, dream and you give them joy. You don't try to scare them and... and I just, right. it, it's so beautifully pure. And it's like, you said it all in that movie. Right. Like, there's nothing left to be said. The, the only thing that, well, that I would want them to revisit is I want to see little Boo again because she's super cute. Like, <laughs> is she cool? Is she in college? How she, is she, she doing? She hasn't been born yet. This is a prequel. Right. This I know. But like, I would have wanted to have seen if they oh, were going to revisit Monsters, Inc. I would want them to do something like I that. I say, they said the same thing about the Toy Story sequels that, you know, the first one covered it and was perfect and didn't need to be added on to. And right. I agree. And then the second one was even better. And then the third one came out and everybody said the same thing again. And I agreed. And then the third one was the best yet. But I still feel like I mean, neither one of the Toy Story sequels will outrank an original Pixar movie for me. It's still unnecessary, even if it's awesome. And I guess I just, I know. you know, it's like we've got a year. Exploring so. immature relationships in college. There's There's so much content already out there about that. I don't need to see it. In an animated film. Pixar's Animal House. Pixel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> so is the second oh, thing man. the little other Yes, movie? the Pixar okay. short, of course. La Luna is the name of this one. It actually won the Oscar last year for... Did it win? I know it was nominated. I think it may have won uh, for Best Animated Short, uh, but they released it with this movie. It was the first time I had a chance to see it. And uh, Jeremy, we'll start with you. I'm interested to hear what you thought of the Pixar short. I always love the shorts. I really do. Some stand out more than others but just if you take what i was saying a few minutes ago about you know dialogue free relationship storytelling you, you probably can guess that i really loved it i thought it was great yeah i i absolutely uh was in love with it from the first second loved it all the way through uh so simple and yet at the same time just the little things like the way they wore their hats and, you know, mm -hmm. the way they used to, you know, clean up objects was based on a facial feature. Just those little touches of just little Pixar genius that um, it was. I loved it. I love La Luna. It's one. Of, it goes towards the top of my Pixar shorts list. Me too. Me too. Pixar shorts have never let me down the whole time. I'm like, OK, this could go in so many different directions. I'm not quite sure where they're going to land with it. Uh -huh. And then once it was over, I was like, oh, and in fact, the audience was like, oh, you know, just this neat thing. I love the, the sound that the stars made. Yeah. That sound of them clinking around and being moved. And, and the way they the way they vibrated the glow when they were touched. Mm -hmm. I mean, just all those little. There's the little details all through that short. I like uh, the two men. Don't open their eyes until the very, very end. Like you never see their eyes. It's just those bushy eyebrows until the very, very end. And then poof, there are their eyes and they're surprised. I thought it was great. Well, how beautiful is that? How poetic is that? That, you know, as, a, as adults, a lot of times we live life kind of with squinted eyes and eyes closed. And there's this wide-eyed boy who's experiencing yep. this new thing. For the first time. For the first time. And only when that wide-eyed boy, because he's wide-eyed or because he's, you know, willing to look, does something – 
that the adults go, oh, yeah, and then their eyes brighten up. You know, it's yeah. kind of let the children lead them kind of moment. And he yeah. turned his hat his own way, you yeah, know, exactly. and he found his own his own way. So, yeah, that was that was an awesome way to start off the the Brave experience. Yeah, I want to see that movie and make Brave the short. <laughs> I'm with you. Except for Brave was so pretty. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's true. One of the ways that I gauge the progression of of animation is to see how they interact with water. Because it's one of the quickest ways for me to tell if it's cheap. Because water is so hard to animate. Um, Also, fingers. I always like to look at the fingers. Interesting. So, because... You know, there's just so much that can happen in a finger. And if, if they animate a finger right, then they're, they're doing a pretty good job. But anyways, when she climbs up and she puts her hand and she scoops, she cups her hand for the waterfall. I was like, yeah, perfect. It was so well done. It is beautiful. It's so. It is. I think they'll probably put your quote on the poster. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah. The DVD there's, maybe. There's so much they can do with the fingers. <laughs> <Danae is. laughs> thank you with their eyes closed all right i'm game <laughs> are your eyes closed because i my can't eyes, I, I, mine are closed <laughs> are yours uh-huh mine are closed okay. i can't see anything i can't either thanks for listening to another episode of shoe the dough you can check out all the episodes at itunes you can subscribe there comment uh rate us all that stuff is important in letting others know about the podcast if you enjoy it uh, and thanks to iTunes for putting us in new and noteworthy. Woo-hoo! And uh, so to those who found us in that way, we say welcome and let us know what you think. Let us know how we could make it better, what you like, what you don't like, all that kind of stuff by emailing us at shoethedough at gmail.com. Special thanks to Jeremy Scott for joining us for another episode of Tsip Pop 88.3 The Wind for letting us use the studio and Chris Tilly of Hauso Records for the awesome intro outro music. What's up, Chris Tilly? Can I open my eyes? <laughs> no. This is hard. It's hard to keep your eyes closed. I know. So why are we doing it? It's because it's a challenge. That's why. Uh. <laughs> Doesn't sound like having a very good time. I'm not. What's wrong? I would. I like to live life with my eyes open. Okay. Open them. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Jeremy, where'd you go? Dude totally bailed on us, Where'd man. you go, he dude? totally bailed. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm back. I'm back. I'm sorry. I'm back. Back in the new I totally York. clicked the wrong button. Uh, I'm an idiot. No. An idiot. You stop it. You're not an idiot. I just clicked the exit button on the very reason I'm sitting in front of the computer. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 